You're listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense with your host, Doug Thorpe. Here's Doug. Well, greetings once again, everyone. You're listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense. I'm your host, Doug Thorpe, and today we're going to continue a little bit of an entrepreneur's journey. I've got a fellow that I've had a chance to meet. He uh, blessed me with an opportunity to be on his podcast a, a few days ago, literally, I think. And now we are uh, flipping the script, and uh, he's on the other side of the mic, and uh, I'm, I'm happy to have him on. His name is Josh Elledge. Josh, welcome to the show. And it is so great to be here, Doug. Thank you so much for having me. Well, Josh is a uh, Navy veteran, so let me kick off by saying thank you for your service. And uh, you, you've had an interesting journey of your own, discovering some things and some success in business. So as is a bit of a tradition. Walk us through the, the high points of, of all that. Yeah, uh, you know, right out of high school, U.S. Navy, uh, I, I was a Navy, U.S. Navy journalist, um, specializing in broadcast journalism. And when I was at Defense Information School, which was a kind of an all uh, services um, school, so we went to, it was in journalism school with Marines and Air Force and Army and all the rest, um, I actually had the opportunity to learn from Adrian Cronauer, who was one of my mentors. Um, and, and I don't mean like, Daniel son of Miyagi kind of mentoring. He came in two times uh, while I was there, but those moments took me on a transformation from journalism sounds fun to, wow, journalism is a very important role, or I should speak more broadly, leveraging platform to serve audiences is a sacred obligation. And it's one that shouldn't be stepped into lightly um, because, you know, if you truly can show up in service and always show up authentically, always show up in integrity. And that's, you know, one thing, you know, that's his whole story. If you know the movie, Good Morning Vietnam, which Robin Williams played him, um, you'll know that that's part of the story. So that anyway, led to, you know, a, a number of years in, in, in the Navy, um, got out, started a number of businesses, a lot of them associated with media and, you know, kind of just speaking to audiences and, and bringing value. Savings Angel um, was, I would say, my seventh business venture um, once I got out of the Navy. And uh, that was the one that took off. Um, the other six, eh, eh, not not awesome, but it humbled me uh, and it taught me a lot of things I needed to learn. But on that seventh business venture, Savings Angel, um, you know, we ended up creating a great seven-figure year company. And I did that with zero dollars in ad spend. Um, I grew it entirely from serving audiences on radio, um, on TV. Um, I became a syndicated newspaper columnist. Um, and I, I've been doing that now for 16 years. I, I no longer really run the membership side of Savings Angel anymore, um, you know, pretty much now just a labor of love. But that experience led me to start up my influence, which started, Doug, as a kind of a PR consultancy and, and, and you know, media and connecting with influencers, that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, it's interesting, um, you know, when you are actively networking and circulating and the more top level leaders you can compare notes with and, and collaborate with, opportunities will abound. 
If you're quietly just hanging out behind your computer screen and not having those conversations, you miss out on so much. And here's what I've learned about leaders. Leaders uh, who are at the top of their game uh, really value their network and their ecosystem, and they invest in it daily. Amateurs, I find, are trying to shortcut those systems and they're focused on the wrong things. They're focused on spray and pray. They're they're focused on, you know, spamming, you know, just really kind of um, creepy and, and, and honestly, creeper behavior. And, um, you know, meanwhile, while all that nonsense is going on, um, you know, leaders extend leadership invites. Leaders network like leaders with other leaders, and they do amazing big things. They collaborate and they do big projects together, launches and all these other great stuff. Um, so if you want to get into that club, you, 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 you got to, you, you know, you got you to show up in the right way. And so that's actually what Up My Influence evolved into is, um, is just how can we increase the number of conversations that I'm able to have with the kind of people that I want to associate with. And what I found is that if you lead in generosity, a la Bob Berg, The Go-Giver, which is a fantastic book, uh, you know, you will get to a point where you will not be able to outgive the market. Takes a little while. You know, you got to show you're your legit at this and, and you're, you're pretty serious about it. But again, um, you know, that's really my networking ecosystem has, has led to just about every good decision I've ever made in business. Yeah. Well, I, I love that story. And I want to highlight the two ventures is so you mentioned Savings Angel. That's one mm -hmm. platform that you had your first uh, out of the park home run, I guess we could say. Yeah. And then uh, your platform now is Up My Influence. Yeah. Yeah. That's and that website, mind. just for anyone who's like following along and want to see and spy on me or whatever, um, that website is up www.up myinfluence.com. And there's a bunch of free stuff. Like we just, you know, I, again, I'm really committed to making the world a better place. And I got to tell you right now, um, my heart is really with agency owners, B2B service providers, um, consultants, coaches who were sold a bill of goods by gurus saying that if you just slide into the DMs, if you just buy more ads, if you just send more spammy emails, you can make percentages of percentages of percentages and you can have easy automatic riches. It's all a lie. I'm not saying it doesn't work. Um, it can work, but man, do you need to take, you're going to end up taking so much shrapnel along the way that what I find is that most people who are relational or relationally oriented or empathic in any way, we just don't have the stomach for that kind of behavior. And, and right. I just, that's not the business I want to run. Right? right. So right. yeah, you, you can, you can build your business with class, um, you know, but you, you got to be integrity with it. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, as you were saying that, I can think of a number of, of folks I know about pro and con on this, uh, this spectrum you're talking about. Uh, I know some entrepreneurs that have tried and struggled to build a tech company, but they refuse absolutely with capital letters, refuse to go to a, a, a breakfast networking meeting or a community gathering where there's other technologists and other, other shoppers that are going to be interested in learning about technology opportunities. They just have a, a stonewall block out. They don't want to go to those things. And I <clears throat> told them, I said, how do you expect to get out there? Well, we're going to run some ads and we're going to post on LinkedIn and we're going to do some stuff. And I'm going, yeah, but 
Look at your numbers. There, there's, yeah. <laughs> there's no proof in that pudding. Yeah. 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 And, and, and also too, I, I want to be sensitive to audience, right? And, and this is really important that it, you know, if you're selling to consumers, if you're selling to baby brand new businesses, that's a, that's a little bit different model. And I think that there's a lot of lead gen and ads that I think work perfectly well. Um, I was just doing an interview with someone, you know, who really specializes in pay-per-click for pretty serious B2B companies, has a huge roster of really big clients. Uh, and he said, listen, you know, uh, acquisition or, you know, five to $700 um, for an appointment, you know, for, for a lot of your higher end B2B, that's kind of the norm. So listen, if you can afford $500 per appointment, go for it. Um, it, it. But again, what we're talking about is exceptionally qualified buyers. If you just want randos who are, you know, trying to figure out business or whatever, that's not what I'm talking about. But again, you know, if you want to connect and you, you sell to leaders, leaders that are decision makers, that have big budgets and have a lot of things going on, um, you know, let me, let me give you a couple of clues on this. Cause I think this is going to um, parlay into where the conversation I think is going to go. Um, and that is, uh, you know, even as a business leader at my level, um, if, I've got a number of different email accounts that, that come to our company that are, you know, have my name in it. I monitor only one and it's the same one that, you know, I get my HelloFresh emails and my, you know, HBO, like it's, you know, it's just my personal email account. Once in a while, I'll get spam and, and business stuff there. And, you know, there's only, I, I mark all of that as spam. I junk it. I, I just, it's just, I don't have time. I appreciate, you know, I'm sure that's a wonderful person that's sending that, um, but it's just noise to me. Um, and I think it's quite frankly, I think it's audacious to reach out to someone and immediately start selling at them. I think it's wildly right. inappropriate. Right. So um, there are only a few cases there are only, in fact, I'll give you three examples. These are the only emails that I will interact with or forward to someone on my team to say, hey, let's, you know, get me connected here. That would be interview requests, media opportunities, and speaking invites. Podcast interviews would kind of fall under, you know, one of those categories. And that's it. Everything else gets a hard spam report. And, and it's not, listen, these marketers or these business owners that are spamming me or emailing me, it's not your fault, right? Marketers have ruined everything for, for <laughs> good business owners like you and I. And so, you know, marketers by and large are kind of like the locusts that when they find something that's cool and it works, they descend on it and they decimate the crops, and then for, you know, legitimate business owners like you and I are just like, hey, we just want to connect with great people and do good things in the world. Kind of too late. It's been ruined. So, so Josh, let, let me kind of flip the page here. So you have, um, you've at least in, in your current version of your profile, you claim over 2000 media appearances. What's oh, yeah. the gist of those moments? I mean, what what sort of uh, talking points are you covering when you get those opportunities? Yeah, um, well, I could tell you, and it's actually close to 3,000 at this point. So um, a lot of those, so I've been writing a weekly newspaper column that appears in, I want to say, 11 to 15 newspapers every single week. I've been doing that forever. Um, then I've done probably, I've done well over 800 TV segments, my local markets, um, mostly Orlando, but I've done a lot of like Chicago national stuff as well. Now, the vast majority of that, is going to be stuff in support of my role as the savings angel. I teach consumers 
how to, I'm known as the guy that can get you a deal hookup or upgrade on anything in life. That's my media persona. And I really stepped into that role and I really owned that role. And when media can figure you out and they can pigeonhole you and they can put you in a box, then they're like, oh, great. I understand Josh. Whenever this comes up, we can think of Josh because Josh is media ready. He's always a performer. He doesn't sell <laughs> to our audiences on air. Um, he's reliable. We can count on him. And so, um, you know, it's been a great relationship. Now, some of the more business oriented publications, Forbes, and, you know, I've, I've, and, and, and this doesn't count like all the speaking I've done, spoke for the Tony Robbins organization, spoke for, you know, conferences like Social Media Marketing World, a bunch of others, um, certainly podcasts. Now, all my podcast interviews, I'd say less than 10 have been related to Savings Angel. Most of those have to do with my work in getting in the media and or, you know, how to, if you sell consultatively, if you sell high ticket, how to do that well today. That's, uh, yeah, so it's it's interesting. Um you know, now all of this is great and it's fun and it's great experience. And it gets me in front of audiences, which I absolutely love. When um, you you talk about also in your profile, the whole idea of being able to build a business with media coverage without mm -hmm. spending a dime on advertising. So you kind of, some might have heard you in the early intros saying, well, I didn't spend a dime, but I got on TV and radio and newspaper and all that. And it's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> it isn't that one and the same. And the answer is it's not, right? It's, you're not paying for those appearances. Oh, no, when you, when you no, get no, 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 yeah. no, no, I don't pay. <laughs> um, right. But the, here's how I, I do pay by you know, you, you, you have to put the needs of the audience first. I'm showing up because I want to make that producer look amazing at their job. I want to make those other journalists that I'm collaborating with, I want to make them look amazing. And, and, and most importantly is I want to deliver a ton of value to the audience. So that's how I pay. As I put my own desires and needs, I put that on a shelf, right? Because audiences know what your intention is. Now, you can't fool anybody today. Like you might be able to get away with it with a little bit with some people some of the time, but you're not going to get away with it for most of the people most of the time. Did I say right. that right? I think, right. But, right. but that's the idea, right? So you, here's, here's a great way of saying this. By the way, here's a good tweet. You broadcast your intention before you ever speak. Um, audiences are more savvy and sophisticated than they've ever been. And they are more skeptical of people selling at them or pushing their agenda on them than ever before. We're all like, anytime someone starts speaking to us or they're throwing ads in front of us or they're sending us cold email or they're speaking to us, we're always on guard a little bit, right? And most people consider themselves amazing judges of character, right? Uh, but again, it's because here's what's happened. Here's why, and, and there's a really good book. Um, Mark Schaefer um, wrote a book called Marketing Rebellion, one of my favorite books on this topic. Um, but it's it's what's gone on in the minds of consumers. And again, it's because we've been experimented upon like never before. We're exposed to hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of brand messages and advertising and sales messages every day. Right. What happens when you experiment on a population like that? You're going to create a hyper-resistant population. Nothing gets through. So 
Again, that's going to make it pretty tough for those of us who are just honestly just great relationship-oriented business leaders and owners. How do we get through the noise when we're dealing with a population that doesn't want to be sold at or talked to? And it's right. you're going to have to settle into the relationship. You're going to have to settle into delivering value first, being generous. I'd say leverage platform, which we could talk about that. Um, I think it's the perfect way um, to be generous at a very minimal cost. Um, and it earns you time with amazing leaders. Yeah, yeah. There, There is so much. I, I, I mean, I myself, I've had a number of guests that have come on this show to try to help business owners and, and leaders with understanding about branding and marketing and all those things. And when you really boil it down, it's one thing to craft a good, effective message. But then in my mind, it's it's the so what? You've, you've thought long and hard about what your value proposition or your statement of worth might be, but how do you effectively get that out there without sounding like that pushy, sleazy yeah. salesperson? Well, and I think it comes from it. I'm grateful that my background is in consumer advocacy and that's my personality, right? Is like, I know when I'm doing a TV segment that, you know, there's a woman named Nancy and she's at the store and she has to decide between buying pull-ups for her toddler or buying cereal for her four-year-old. And she doesn't have enough money for eat for both of those. That is is what gets me out of bed. That is what gets me, you know, saying yes to these producers. I'm like, you know, at this point, Doug, I have nothing to, I really have very, I shouldn't say nothing, but I don't have a lot to gain because I'm not selling anything from Savings Angel anymore. But I do it because I'm advocating for that audience. So I have a persona in my mind. Same thing while I'm here. I'm empathic to the to the leader, you know, the leadership consultant who's, you know, very, very good at what they do. You know, they, they're kind of a virtual COO or something like that. Um, or maybe they do design or, you know, culture or something like, you know, they're, they're providing services and they're, they love what they do and left to their druthers, they would just love to make an impact in the world and do that all day long. But they look at sales and marketing as a necessary evil and sometimes look at it with great distaste and disdain because they don't want to have to, um, I was going to use a word. <laughs> they don't want to have to sell themselves out yeah. in a way that just feels unethical because it just feels icky. And meanwhile, yeah. gurus are telling them that that's, sorry, that's just what it takes. No, that's what it takes in order for you to buy into their easy, automatic riches lie and enriches them. But in reality, and listen, I'm coming from a vantage point. We have two to 250 consult or consultant clients. Like we've heard all of the stories of the things that they've had to do. I've experimented with a lot of those failed experiments. They're very costly, waste a lot of time and annoys a lot of people. You don't have to do that. You, again, um, you know, again, just by leverage, find out, let me, let me sum it up this way. And, and, and this will probably lead into our next question here. Here's what you got to do. Um, first off, read the book, The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. I, I, champion this book nearly every single week. Um, there's also another book um, I, I thought for, specifically for consultants, I thought was quite good. Doug Fletcher and the book is called um, "How to Something Like How to Win Clients When You Don't Know Where to Start. Um, and, and again, it's all about you know being committed 
to building your ecosystem and your network, right? So in the case of the go-giver, what we want to do is we want to come up with ways that we can be exceptionally generous to our ideal connections, whether that's customers, clients, influencers, investors, um, you know, journalists, it's all the same thing, right? If in if you're going to cold outreach to anybody, they're going to say, you better have a really good reason for why you're reaching out to me. And if it's you selling your thing, non-starter, stop, don't do that. If, however, you can reach out and you know what they want and you can offer that and you can invest into that relationship, service is the absolute best way to network up. Number two, that's number one in this, like kind of this philosophy. Number two, if you leverage platform and media credentials, kind of like this journalist badge, listen, I'm just gonna tell you, this is a major hack, right? And we'll talk about like how to do that, especially if you don't really have an audience. But if you're willing to say, come Doug, like kind of like what you're doing, like you have amazing guests on your show, right? They would probably like, if you just reached out to them and said, hey, uh, can I have grab 30 minutes with you and pick your brain? They may or may not say yes to that. I suspect most of them are going to say no. If you're just some Joe Blow running a small business or something like that. But you have platform, Doug. And so because of that, that gives you license to reach out and punch up a couple of levels and say, I would love to do something nice for you. Now, what's going to happen is you're going to earn proximity with them and you're going to earn time together. Proximity leads to familiarity. Right. And so if you can create enough proximity, especially like virtually and so forth, you create familiarity bias. And so that's when now people, they feel comfortable around you. They, they, you know, they, they, they lower their barrier. Like Doug's a nice guy. He's not selling at me. He's like just a good, generous, like these are the kind of people that we crave connection to be. The, oh, this is a good tweet. Be the kind of business leader that people crave to connect with. Just and and ask yourself, what is that like? Well, it's probably someone that's generous. It's probably someone that puts others people's needs, you know, before their own while they're doing good in the world, right? They're they're not living in a scarcity mindset. They realize that there's enough business for everybody and they're happy to give first. Um, so if you can do that, you'll get that time together. And again, that familiarity is going to lead to no like and trust. And when yeah. you have no like and trust, now think of the think of the sales conversation going like this. Now that you know each other and you've built a relationship together, extend an invitation that sounds something like, hey, why don't we chat sometime? And I'd love to learn what you're working on, if I can help in any way, if I've got introductions or, you know, if I can collaborate or connect with you. And, you know, if there's anything I can do for you, I'd, I'd love to find that out. And, and you just, you take the business into the green room and you just network like professionals do at a green room on the golf course, you know, that sort of thing. And that's where business, big, big business is getting done today. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And and, uh, doing this show for over two years now, I've I've got a lot of that going on. And and what I would rate as the number one element or attribute or takeaway is that uh, I I keep a very active journal of of all of my guests, what they do, what their focus is. And guess what? I refer like crazy. Yep. When I meet new people that have interests, desires, dreams, and hopes, I go, you know what? I I don't do any of that, but I know somebody that does. Let Mm. me connect you guys. You guys have a talk, and let me know how that works out. And 
you know that that is a commodity that that can be traded with good faith and, and good bet. credibility. How much time does that take you then? I mean, oh, just to make an a, e-intro, five-minute email intro. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I'll do even here. Here's how we've worked out, and we've kind of hacked this a little bit. So I'll record. I don't know if I've sent you. Uh, I love video emails. Oh yeah. Um, yeah listen, yeah, the definitely. data. Like I can tell you, I have made. I'm holding up in the video our conversation right now. Our audio listener, I apologize, but I'm holding up a whiteboard right now that I write with a dry erase marker on. This whiteboard has made me millions of dollars. This <laughs> whiteboard that I keep on cleaning for years and years and years, I've been cleaning and reusing this whiteboard. I've made millions of dollars with this whiteboard because I send a lot of video messages and I always personalize it. I talk right to the person. It, um, what I will do, because I got a team that can back me up. So what I'll do is I will just crank out bomb bombs. I record and bomb bombs apply. There's other ones like Bongiorno is another one, but you know, find a video platform because video in email outperforms forms, um, like text message. I mean, the data is not even close. Um, Ethan Butte from um, Bomb Bomb, by the way, would be a really great podcast guest if you haven't had him. Um, he can really dive into the psychology of why this works. But I'll tell you from a workflow perspective, I love it because I can crank out little 30 second to you know 90 second videos. I can just hit record, blah, 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 say my thing. And then I will record all those. Then I have someone on my team who knows my language. They know my, they know everything right? They've, they've been doing this forever. Um, they know me. So what they're able to do is just like, okay, cool. Josh just recorded eight videos. And then they will take that video, embed it in the email, put the accompanying text that goes along with that based on what, so when I'm recording the bomb bomb, I'm talking to the guest, but I'm also talking to my assistant who is going to compose that email. So now I can get all my correspondence done in 20, 30 minutes at the end of my appointments for the day. And then I take off. I'm done. I don't have to write all that email, but that alone, that shaved off another 30 minutes. And listen, for a high-powered, no, I'm not a high-powered leader, but for other high-powered leaders out there, like any 30 minutes you can save on stuff like that, oftentimes the dread of doing all of that work oh, yeah. keeps me and makes, I start to feel this resistance, like, man, it's going to be a lot of work. I just want to get done with work for the day. Like I'm exhausted because I've left it all on the mat for folks. Um, but yeah, it's it's just like any hacks you can come up with like that can really make a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. You're taking advantage of all the great tools and, and, and yes, folks, what he's alluding to and, and, and as Josh and I've gotten to know each other, that's exactly right. I'm, I, I, I'll get one of those little bomb bomb video clips from him with whatever answer or, or thought that we're going over. And uh, you know, it is, it, it's a unique break in the day and it's not just a, a, a whole dump of verbiage on a screen. It's um, it's a nice personable message with uh with his uh friendly erase board there in the background <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's kind of like hey um, watch this <laughs> yeah yeah and i probably spend you know uh, i probably spend a good 25 30 hours a week on video i am and i am recording everything and guess what I got a glam squad that follows behind me and they take that and they repurpose it. Listen, there's so many good tools today for repurposing as well. There is no excuse. You know, if you have wisdom and knowledge up in your head, you have a lot of experience, like you've done stuff, just look for opportunities to just turn on the camera, have, you know, chat GPT or whatever, you know, create a bunch of questions for you just to answer the questions, hit record, get it to your team and have them run it through an AI tool. It's so easy today. You have no excuse to be 
uh, to not be prolific. Um, social media stresses a lot of people out because it feels like a lot of work. Um, so again, you want to come up with good systems, good delegation, great tools so that you can be omnipresent in a way that's got to work for you and your schedule. So uh, let me, uh, my analytic brain is kicking in here for a minute, thinking uh, for the benefit of business owners that are trying to uh, leap this hurdle. One of the big questions is always, all right, I get it. I can grab the tools. I can produce some of these videos. Yes, I've got somebody on my team that can cut them up for me and get them ready to go. But how do I decide on where I'm sending them? What, what do, how do I know I'm not just carpet bombing the world on, and cluttering social media further? Yeah. You know, how, how do I really figure that out? Well, um, so I mean, a few things, right? So um, yeah, your message is not going to appeal to anybody. I, I think one of the most important things that we can do, um, and I was kind of alluding to this earlier, right, is, is getting extreme clarity over our persona. Who do you serve? And once you know who you serve, then it generally makes your, well, what do I tell them easier, right? So um, I think everybody needs to go through and just kind of do that Cal Newport deep work, right? You got to know who you are, why you do what you do, what are your mission, purpose, values, why are you here on the earth? Get clarity in and around that. Then get clarity about who your persona is and what's going on in their life. What are they afraid of? What are they um, struggling with? Um, what are they skeptical of? Um, what do they really, really, really want right now? So again, once you start answering all those questions, you got to go through and you, listen, if you have not taken the time to do that and you just think your, your logical brain's out there, just work harder, just work harder, just work harder, um, you know, and you're frustrated that your cash flow kind of sucks and you feel like you're in the hamster wheel is because you haven't stopped to say, wait a minute, before I hit the gas again, why don't we take a look at the map here? Why don't we seriously ride this, you know, kind of draw this roadmap out. And then once my team and I all have clarity and don't try to be all things to all people, um, listen, you know, on my social media, um, I'll be frank. I, I share a lot of stuff but I don't think newbie business owners really kind of care what I'm talking about because I, I feel like sometimes, um, like especially like they're if they're in the um, I don't know the sales funnel automation guru world. I don't think I really appeal to them because I'm talking about hard work. I'm talking about finding something, grinding it out, staying patient and doing it bored or doing it when everybody else quits. That's not real exciting. That's not, it's not, it's not sexy to, um, you know, quick fix seekers. Um, so I, I kind of just acknowledge that and, and say, listen, I, I'm really talking to tried and true business leaders, um, folks that are at the helm, you know, they're five or more years in their, into their business. They've got a team. Um, they're not looking for shiny objects. They're looking for those, you know, one to 2% incremental improvements because they know that that stuff really stacks up over time. Um, now that said, I do want to clear the air and I already have in around what is appropriate if you're a leader and you want to connect with other leaders, um, you got to ignore all the junk out there and you just got to really focus in on that relationship and leading in generosity. You want to spend more time, Doug, and I think you shared this, right? You want to spend more time with fewer people, but the right people. And you really want to take those relationships very seriously. That's how I became a syndicated newspaper columnist. That's how, you know, 
you know, my local Fox and CBS affiliates in Orlando. Okay, those relationships did not come because I blasted out some crappy press release. Those relationships came because I worked my tail off to make sure that I gave them exactly what they wanted and needed. I asked a lot of questions and I took it very, very seriously. And they really appreciated that. And so they keep inviting me back over and over and over again. Your high level leaders that you network and collaborate with, you know, take stock of that. Doug, you do a great job of this about like, you know, keeping good notes. Um, if you're not, if you have not mastered your CRM, um, I would really spend a lot of time and get very good at relationship relationship management. Because well, again, and, and, and part ahead, of please. the thing in in the whole concept, it's popularly called networking, right? But the thing people I think miss in networking, it's not just about going out and making that initial contact and hoping for the best, but it 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 is about ongoing nurture of that network and keeping them alive. And and I just spent some time this morning going back over my CRM, my notes, yeah. and my journal, and looking down the roster and saying to myself, oh, gosh, it's been a long time since I talked to this person. I need to ping them. I need to see how they're doing. And, and the gist of the message is nothing but, hey, it's been a long time since we talked. Are you okay? What, what's going on? You, you know, how's that going? Yep. And, you know, in, in, in within hours, I start getting these notes back. Oh, man, great to hear from you. Yeah. I see your stuff. I'm talking. And, you know, and every once in a while, just in the iterative nature of doing that, guess what? You get the email that says, oh, man, I am so glad you called me. Yeah, how what? I've got a deal I want to talk to you about. Doug, as you were just explaining that, I bet that there was someone who's listening to you and like thinking about how they're going to spray and pray and mail merge that. Resist the urge to do that, please. Right. Because when you when I get a one-to-many email, I scan that email very, very quickly. Um, to, was this one-to-many or was this truly a one-to-one -one email? Yeah. And I, I, you know, I've seen some stuff clearly was written by AI. I know what they're doing. It looks like it's, it's just, just please stop. Just no, you're take right. The take the time and send individual correspondence and communication. People know when you're just, um, they're a number and people know when you genuinely care about them. Yeah. And again, yeah. you don't need thousands of people, right? What you need is, you know, a couple of hundred key relationships and you're set for life. Right. So no, and, and you're right. Aspire to that goal rather than being the king of all spam. No, and you're right. And, and the key point, and I, I'm glad you emphasized it, what I was talking about in my process, no, there's nothing batch oriented about it. It, it's very specific. I see a name on a list and I, you know, I, I dial back in my own memory and go, oh, last time we talked, we were doing this and we were doing that and they were going here and they were going there. And so I pepper that all over the little message. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's probably less than 150 words. It's not like a giant, you know, no. chronologue. But it's just, hey, thinking about you, your name popped up. I, I want to stay in touch. I care what you're doing. Tell me how's it going, what's going on. And, and you know, people do appreciate that. So it's that sure. it almost goes back to that schoolyard saying that many of us heard a long time ago. If you want a friend, you got to be a friend. Mm -hmm. And so the 
in, in my humble opinion, the secret sauce of networking is being the one that initiates the, the connection. Because granted, people do get busy, but you said it earlier, Josh, that very influential executives, they value their network, they nurture their network, they work their network. Mm -hmm. That's true. Um, along with that, and, and this, I, I want to underline this one more time, is leaders will always look to reciprocate. Um, if you do something nice for them, they're going to either ask you or they will suggest or hey, say, hey, glad you reached out and, and thanks so much. I really appreciate it. You know, one thing I would add to that email, that outreach too, is I would express appreciation. Just say, hey, I really appreciated your post. You know, I've been following you on social media. I really love your energy. Thanks so much for keeping it positive or whatever, right? Um, but but then, you know, then you offer, you know, something, but um, leaders will always, almost always say, is there anything I can do for you? Right. And so um, if you're not asking for it, save your asks. Right. Um, because um, if you come right out with an ask, then it's like, OK, well, that's why you're reaching out. <laughs> right. Whereas opposed to if you save your asks. Right. Then uh, people are just like, you know, they're going to say, why is he reaching out? Hey, Doug's just a good guy. You know, he's just checking, you know, and he appreciates our friendship and relationship. You know, to to have someone that just truly appreciates friendships and relationships today in a very, very increasingly noise and I would say kind of social media friend level world, right, where they're just connections and not friendships. Um, it really differentiates you. And again, while all the amateurs are just spraying and praying and doing the sloppy stuff, you just slide into where classy leaders hang out. And that's that's all the differentiation you need today. Right. And, and you know, uh, as you were saying that, what comes to mind, I've just produced a couple of shows, done some interviews just coincidentally with the some experts out of the STEM world, you know, science, technology, mm -hmm. and engineering, and math. And, um, you know, when you think about leaders in that domain, you, 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 you kind of immediately conjure up a profile of a kind of an introverted, analytic, heavy analytic thinker, processor, and you don't connect that with relationship making. You, you don't think about that as a natural networker. And a lot of the discussion we had was the fact that people that have truly risen up the ranks and, and had great success in that domain have, in fact, pivoted their own ability to build relationships, build networks, make connections, do all that. And, oh, by the way, we're going to talk about some technical stuff along the way. So it, it, it's kind of a total flip of that script when you think about the traditional persona that goes with STEM oriented professionals. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, again, uh, Doug, I'd say, you know, you're, you're doing the right stuff. Oh, what can I ask you? What do you do professionally? Like, what's your business? You're a coach. Yeah, I, I am. And, a coach. And, and that it, comes up in conversation. I would imagine. It, it does. And, and for me, I, I, I violate a lot of the rules about niche oriented. I've got two and I run them in parallel. I, I do coaching work in the senior executive realm at large corporate. Uh -huh. I've, I've got clients like ExxonMobil, Coca-Cola, UPS, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. I've, I've worked with executives and emerging executives in those companies for years. 
but I also have a passion for working with the small business owner. The, but mine, similar to yours, I'm looking more at the mid-cap companies. The owner-founder that's been around a while, his company is in a second or possibly third stage of growth, and they are wrestling with finding the way clear to get to the next level because mm -hmm. they're feeling some constraints about either their own ability to lead the business to the next level or putting together a leadership team that can help them go to the next level. And that's mm -hmm. where I come in. So on one hand, there's a similarity of coaching in terms of leadership capabilities, leadership mindsets, tools, tricks, and methods. But um, it, it is oriented in, the, um, in that mid-cap privately held range. What you do is a very high trust position. Um, that doesn't strike me as someone who's saying, well, listen, we got four F RFPs out, you know, give us your bid. You know, we're just looking for coach. No. Like it's, it's, that's not a transactional, like I don't buy it. Like I buy bananas, right? No, I, I, right. I would buy your services based on Doug. I feel like you get me. I, I, I really respect the work that you've done with some of my peers. Now that I've gotten to know you, I feel this sense of comfort and safety around you. I feel like I can trust you with some pretty high value decisions that I need to make or, or some high value problems and things that are, you know, very personal to me that I wouldn't want to share broadly. Like you have to go through the friend door in order to get to that point and sell that kind of a product. So that's another thing to someone that's listening to us. What do you do? And if it's something that requires some higher no like, and trust, man, I would just go through the friend door all day long and let all the other people, you know, uh, compete it out, you know, in the, in the, in the red sea, you go out to the blue, you know, blue ocean and just hang out, you know, with, and, uh, you know, uh, just to spend spend time and enjoy life with great right. leaders and, and lead in generosity, and you'll get those conversations. Right, right. Well, Josh, this has been great, and we're about up on time here, my friend, and thank you so much for sharing all this with us. Uh, I do want you to, you, you kind of alluded to it, but let's hit it again. What's the best way for folks to reach out and, and get you? You know, there's two um, folks that I, I could really use help with connecting right now. Number one would be, I am always looking for great podcast guests. You know, if you've been in business for any length of time, you know, you've got some great domain expertise for a mature business owner audience. That's my audience for the podcast, The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. Doug, you were a guest. Um, you know, to our friend that's listening, um, you know, if there's anyone that you know that, that deserves to be celebrated, um, they need to be a thoughtful business leader, thoughtful, you know, entrepreneur um, and have some good domain expertise. But I'm always, I do a daily show. I'm always looking for great guests. Um, so to nominate them or just have them, you don't you have to do even do a formal e-intro or whatever, but you just go to this website. It's just www.upmyinfluence.com upmyinfluence.com, click on podcast, and you'll see exactly where we're like, hey, do you know a great guest? Send them on through because I would love to celebrate them to over 100,000 in our social media audience and beyond. Um, that's number one. Number two, um, you know, if you are, you sell consultatively, 
You're very good at what you do. And most of your business comes through word of mouth. Um, I'd love to help out. Um, you know, I don't know if we'd be a fit, you know, in terms of like what we do, but I'd love to share some great ideas. Um, you know, certainly, you know, kind of dive more into this. Well, you can, um, again, go to the same website, upmyinfluence.com. I've got a, a kind of an audio book put to some slides and stuff like that. You can go through that. I'm going to break all of this down, why this working, um, what your competitors are doing right now, what they have been doing and how they've been landing six and seven figure deals. Um, well, and with no ads, no ads. It's all, you know, kind of this native organic um, generosity first platform, um, you know, networking. Um, But yeah, you go there and and certainly, um, you know, after you watch that class, grab some time with me and love to be of service, love to learn what you do. I've got some immediate connections. I'm happy to make that. Otherwise, you know, always looking for great collaboration partners. Well, I, I can endorse and, uh, and and share that from my own personal experience getting to know Josh, for those of you that are wondering, yeah, but I hear the energy and it's like, eh, I'm going to get the hard sell. No, Josh does <laughs> not do that. He is a man of his word. He No, 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 no. Is, Amateurs convince leaders to sort. Uh, yeah. No pressure in that regard. <laughs> he he wants to have the dialogue. If he can help, he will. If he doesn't, he won't. And uh, it's real simple. So uh, I, I, I promise you, take it at face value. And uh, if, if all of that that he described is of interest to you, jump over to the website. The links will all be in the show notes, as always. And one last time, Josh, thank you, man. Really appreciate you. Oh, Doug, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. And with that, folks, we're going to put a bow on it and wrap up. I do always like to remind people, if you're listening to this on your favorite streaming service, we got a video over on YouTube. Hop over, channel by the same name, Leadership Powered by Common Sense. Hope to see you over there. Leave us a comment, thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever. And uh, we'll see you next time. Take care. You've been listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense, hosted by Doug Thorpe. If you would like to know more about the coaching and advisory services he provides, visit DougThorpe.com.